what is up? It's your girl Ortizis, and you are now locked in to the Intersection Podcast. What is up? Y'all know the deal. The best and hottest podcast in the city. Just doing what we do best, which is just standing on our truths, promoting the truth, and, you know, keeping it real. Y'all already know how I feel about keeping it a book. So, of course, that's, that's what this platform is all about, keeping it a book. What does keeping it a buck look like? Well, it's pretty much calling the kettle black when it needs to be called black. And what I mean by that is if you have been noticing, you know, the headlines as of recently in the last three to four weeks, um, they are something (laughs) to be talking about. And I don't think enough of us are talking about it or paying attention to it. So that's what I want this episode to be about is the these recent headlines because it's kind of creepy. And I've been seeing some dialogue um, on social media about it, but not enough coverage by all means for the type of headlines that these are. So what do I mean by that? Well... Just to give you an overview of what we will be talking about, um, we're going to talk about these UFOs, these unidentified flying objects that keep getting shot down, that the government is telling us about, that just keeps getting swept under the rug. I don't think enough people are, you know, paying attention to that. We're going to address this alien talk. We're going to address these trains derailing with hazardous materials in Ohio. And there was another derailment in Texas this week. Um, These black farmers in Ohio being sabotaged. And we're also going to talk about, obviously, the elephant in the room. um, This Michigan shooting, Michigan University shooting. And while this may be a heavy and loaded episode for you guys that are listening, I do deem it very important to make sure that we are aware of what's going on in our community, what's going on in our country, and what's going on around this world, especially if any of these things can directly affect us. And I can give you reasons off the top on why why each of these topics that I'm talking about is important for our community to hear. So I'm going to give you those reasons now, and then I'll go straight into, you know, catching you guys up on what's been going on. So, these UFOs, these unidentified flying objects that are being shot down, um, that is a government conspiracy. And a a lot of our people are assuming that this is something about aliens. So, I just want y'all to know that research is is free (laughs) and these are not aliens, um... And I'll talk more about that later when we do cover that topic. These trains derailing with hazardous materials. So that's happening in Ohio. So that's a couple of states away from us. But what's happening is there's a hundred mile radius of this accident where people can't drink the water. They're saying that they feel sick from these hazardous materials. And the types of materials that were leaked from this train can kill us. And has been killing a lot of animals. So that's also something that directly affects us. The black farmers in Ohio being harassed. 
I mean, not in Ohio, I'm sorry, y'all. In Colorado, the black farmers in Colorado being harassed. It has been an ongoing thing for the last two years. Um, and while, yes, you know, assimilation, you would think is key, is not helping these black farmers out, this family out by any means necessary. And on top of that, they're actually the ones that are going to jail for whatever reason. Um, I'm not sure why the party that's actually being harassed would go to jail for anything, but we'll also touch bases on that. And obviously the last topic that we're going to touch on is that Michigan shooting. And the reason why I feel like that topic relates to us is because as someone who graduated college, went to college, lived on campus, lived off campus, lived around campus. Um, we don't think that it will ever be us or our family or our kids until it is. And this is not a political podcast by any means, but I do think that there's something to be paying attention to. We are the only country that has these crazy amounts of mass shootings at schools. Period. That is insane to think about. That that it, it, I can't even wrap my head around it. And then when we do get to that point um, of talking about that Michigan shooting, there is a girl who actually was a survivor of the Sandy Hook shooting that is also a student now at Michigan State, and she was actually she was actually um, a part of another. another tragedy of a school shooting and my heart just goes out to her but let's let's get right into it I don't want to keep y'all here all day I want to get to the facts and I I will get to the facts so I'm going to give you guys a timeline of the unidentified flying objects that were shot down which um, will be courtesy to the New York Times Um, I believe in citing my sources. I don't use, I I would like to think I only use credible sources. Um, So let's get right into it. So there has already been three identified flying objects um, shot down by the U.S. military this week. So this journalist, um, this was posted today, actually. um, And he's just letting us know that the U.S. military shot down at least Three unidentified flying objects over the weekend after a Chinese spy balloon that had invaded American airspace was down February 4th, setting off a diplomatic crisis. Um, it is unclear what the objects were, what their purpose were, was, and who sent them. But on Tuesday, um, a spokesperson for the National Security Council said that the objects might turn out to be harmless commercial or research efforts that pose no real threat to the United States, even though the White House Officials said, and they they have said that they pose a very real threat to civilian air traffic. So I believe what they mean, meant by that was that when they shot down one of these aircrafts, it was directly affecting the plane that was trying to shoot it down. Like it made that plane malfunction. So if it's making a fighter jet malfunction, you can only imagine what that could possibly do to a regular commercial plane which is why it was the the White House officials 
said that it was a very real threat to civilian air traffic. Um, regardless, though, the United States and Canada have become hypervigilant on the situation, and the North American Aerospace Defense Command has just adjusted its radar system to become more sensitive, sharply raising the number of objects it, de it detects. And then here is a quick timeline of what's been going on. So on February 4th is when a Chinese spy balloon was shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. It entered Alaskan airspace on January 28th and later drifted from the Idaho southeast to the Carolinas before it was shot down off the coast of South Carolina. So that was the first hearsay Chinese spy balloon. Okay. Then um, when they described the size of this spy balloon, they said that it was about the size of three buses and was flying at an altitude of 60,000 to 65,000 feet in the air. Now, let's just get our get our heads wrapped around this, okay? They just shot down a, quote, Chinese spy balloon that was about the size of three buses. Three buses. Now, think of the average plane, just a commercial plane, let's just say a Delta plane. How many buses do you think that that, that is, like, that would... As far as the length of buses, how many buses does it take to make one aircraft? I just, I just, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big object. And um, just going on further in the article, they were saying how American officials have said they believe that the balloon was meant to conduct surveillance on the U.S. military bases. Although China has already maintained that the device was a civilian aircraft that strayed into American airspace. On Monday, a Chinese official said unauthorized balloons from the United States have flown over Chinese airspace more than 10 times since the start of last year. So what does what does that mean? That means China's like, OK. Yes, we do have this random balloon that we're, we're seeing is a civilian aircraft that strayed away from what it was supposed to be doing. While, yes, it is a Chinese UFO, but to take it to these lengths after y'all then had, uh, y'all as in the United States, have had over 10, 10 different flying objects over China since the start of last year, they probably like, so we get one little balloon and y'all pressed? Absolutely. The U.S. is always pressed. They always press. So anyway, let's keep going. Now, the next one is February 10th. That's when that UFO was shot down over Alaska. A U.S. fighter jet brought down an unidentified object over the waters of Alaska. The object broke into pieces after being shot down and was most likely not a balloon, a Defense Department official said. A White House official said, the object was the size of a small car. So first we got the three buses. A UFO the size of uh, three buses. Now we have a UFO the size of a small car. Okay. And they said that the it was first detected on Thursday night, Alaskan time. It was headed towards the North Pole before it was struck down. Now, this is February 11th now. An American F-22 fighter jet downed an object over the Yukon Territory 
which borders Alaska. The object, which a Canadian official describes as like a cylinder, I don't know how to, (laughs) like a cylinder and it's smaller than a spy balloon, but it was picked up on the radar late Friday as it passed over Alaska. It was unclear what the object was, but the prime minister said that it had violated Canadian airspace, so he gave the okay for it to be shot down. So that's, right now, that's that's three, okay? So stay with me, people. That's three different mysterious aircrafts that have been shot down. The first one was the fourth, which was shot February 4th. That one was shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. Then there was February 10th, one was shot down off of Alaska. Then there was February 11th, where it w- another one was shot down over Canada. Now, we are on February 12th, okay? Another UFO is shot down over Lake Huron. Listen to this. An object that first appeared over Montana on Saturday reappeared the next day before getting shot down over Lake Huron off Michigan. The object, which was flying at about 20,000 feet, had an octagonal structure with strings hanging off it but had no discernible payload, U.S. officials said. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) you're probably thinking like, okay, think of an octagon. Octagon, okay, it's kind of given circle, kind of given an actual UFO, kind of given aliens. You know, I I don't blame you for assuming that this <laughs> this got something to do with aliens. I do not blame you for that. This is my thing, though, and I want all of us to just be smart about our assumptions, okay? If this was an alien, okay, as much as we know about aliens or have assumed about aliens as far as their super intelligence as far as their time-traveling technologies, as far as them having so much advanced technology that we can't keep up with, why do you think that an alien would enter our atmosphere (laughs) and just let itself get caught and shot down? Now, if we're talking about intelligent beings now, don't you think that they would know, <laughs> like they have already assessed what we do here on Earth as humans? Um, I don't think that, I mean, personally, if I was an alien and I was smarter than an entire planet of people, and I know that I have all types of crazy weapons and all of this other stuff, why would I be taking the risk of being seen? Because we can, we can relate this to Area 50, uh, 51. Like, what not it a thing that aliens are already here on Earth already? They're already underground. They already have their bunkers here. They're already working with the government. They were in cahoots with Reagan and that administrative, uh, administration <laughs> and Eisenhower. So we already have all of these theories and conspiracies, right? So why do y'all think that these random objects flying into our atmosphere 
or uh, not into our atmosphere. I shouldn't even say that because that's kind of misleading. Flying into our country in our airspace would just be aliens. No, (laughs) y'all. This is another government. Like, it's either, I feel like it's either a scare tactic or it is basically small, small little things to build up to us having to enter a war with somebody. Either the the U.S. government is planting these UFOs, the Chinese government could be planting these um, UFOs, but honestly, we don't know where these are coming from. We only know that that first one was from the Chinese government because they claimed it. We don't know where these other ones are coming from. We have no idea. But to assume that we're about to have an alien invasion, I think is crazy. Like, I think that's really immature. Given it's a fun, you know, idea to have, depending on who you're asking. But I do think it's probably inappropriate to assume that the invasion that we're having in our airspace is aliens. When that's kind of an assault, that could be an insult to their intelligence because it's it's already known that aliens are smarter than us. So it's not like, I'm I'm not going to. I'm going to let y'all think what y'all want to think. I'm just here to deliver this news to y'all, okay? So now we can transition into another headline, okay? All right, next is the Ohio train derailment. This month, a train carrying toxic chemicals derailed in eastern Ohio, igniting a fire that covered the town of East Palestine in smoke. Fearful of a major explosion, the authorities carved out in evacuation zone and carried out a controlled release of toxic fumes to neutralize burning cargo inside some of the train cars. Residents fearful for their health as concerns have mounted about the effect of the derailment and the fire could have on the environment and the transportation network. Here's what to know about what happened and what comes next. So what exactly happened? All right. So around 9 p.m. on February 3rd, uh oh, these dates, y'all. These dates is weird. Around 9 p.m. on February 3rd, a train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, a village of about 4,700 residents, about 50 miles northwest of Pittsburgh. There were about 150 cars on the route from Madison, Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania. The National Transportation Safety Board said on February 14th that 38 cars had derailed and a fire ensued, which damaged another 12 cars. That train, operated by Norfolk Southern, had been carrying chemicals and combustible materials with vinyl chloride, a toxic flammable gas, being of the most concern to investigators. A huge fire erupted from the derailment, sending thick cloud billowing smoke into the sky and over the town. Residents on both sides of the Ohio-Pennsylvania border were ordered to evacuate as Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio raised alarms about a possible explosion. So that's that's already loaded, y'all. On February 6th, the authorities performed a controlled release of the toxic materials from five tankers and the contents were diverted to a trench and burned off. Officials also started an investigation that involved the Environmental Protection Agency and the NTSB, which said it was examining tank car fittings and locomotive event data recorder and surveillance video from a residence that showed what appeared to be the failure of a wheel bearing moment. The failure of a wheel bearing 
moments before the derailment. The preliminary report is expected by the end of February, it said, and there are concerns about air, soil, and water pollution. The EPA said that about 20 rail cars were reported to have been carrying hazardous materials, and then they list all of these names that I cannot pronounce, um, but are deadly, uh, were released into the air, surface soil, and surface waters. On February 12th, the EPA said after monitoring the air, it had not detected contaminants of levels of concern in and around East Palestine, although residents might still smell odors. It said it had not detected any vinyl chloride or hydrogen chlorine, chlor- I mean chloride, which would cause life-threatening respiratory issues after screening the air inside 396 homes. States using water from the Ohio River were taking precautions. The West Virginia subsidiary of American Water said on February 12th that it had not detected any change in water at its Ohio River intake site, but that it had installed a secondary intake on um, the Guyandot River in case of an alternate source, in case an alternate source was needed and that it had enhanced its treatment processes. The Evansville Water and Sewer Utility in Indiana, which draws water from the Ohio River for its treatment plant, was also testing the water underway. The spill affected about seven and a half miles of stream, according to the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, and killed an estimate of 3,500 fish as of February 8th. On Tuesday, the Surface Water Division Chief of the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency said that the testing had detected two chemical contaminants of Ohio River tributaries. Water treatment processes should filter the contaminants out. The governor, however, said residents should drink bottled water out of an abundance of caution. And then at just after the derailment, 1,500 to 2,000 residents of that community were told to evacuate. Schools were closed for the week along some roads, blah, blah, blah. On February 6th, the governor extended the evacuation order to include anyone in a one-by-two-mile radius area surrounding East Palestine, including parts of Ohio and Pennsylvania. On February 8th, his office said residents could return after air quality samples have measured that the um, contamination levels were below levels of concern and they had not seen any adverse effects. But yeah, there's been no reports of injuries or deaths. Some residents shared images online of dead animals while they said they smelled the chemical odors and complained of headaches and feeling sick. I mean, that's very interesting in itself. Um, If, the government is saying that there is no risk to human life and then the actual residents who are actually there breathing the air and living there are saying that they feel sick and they can still smell the odor and they see all of these dead animals around. I would, you know, be a little concerned about that. And as far as how long it'll take, they they have no idea how long that it will take for them to clean up this mess and reverse the effects that have already caused so much damage, especially with all of those dead fish. I mean, that's a, obviously that's not a good look, but this is also very interesting, okay? 
In 20, this is a part of the article. It says at the bottom, in 2017, regulations requiring break-in system upgrades for trains carrying hazardous materials were rolled back by the Trump administration. Um, if you guys are not into politics, Obama had introduced this law that you have to regularly have break-in system upgrades for your trains, period. And in 2017, Trump was like, nah, we're going to roll that one back. <laughs> we we not too much jamming with upgrading these trains. So now we've seen what has been the uh, consequence of one of the many demisive decisions of the Trump administration. So I just think that, that the dates, for one, are pretty interesting. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist myself, even though I do find conspiracy theories very interesting. So let's just get this right. On February 3rd, there was a train derailment of hazardous materials, killing a bunch of animals and like intoxicating pretty much everything around the spill. And then we have on the 4th, a identity unidentified flying object getting shot down then on the 10th 11th and 12th we got a couple more of those and then a week after the train derailment we got another train derailment in texas which i haven't even touched bases on yet but that one was a lot there's not a lot of information on that one surprisingly we don't know what was in those containers we just know that there were no leaks from the containers we know that Whatever was on them container in those containers were liquid because there were no leaks. But a 18-wheeler hit the train and derailed that train. The driver died instantly. DOA and the train derailed and uh, thank God, you know, that nothing hazardous spilled out of that situation but imagine that what it like what is going on this is why i want to talk about it because this is crazy to me that is so random like two train derailments within a week and we get shooting all this shit out the air like come on y'all not to tell y'all to wake up but you know you might want to start paying a little attention might want to start paying a little attention because why is all of these things carrying hazard, hazardous materials? And again, I'm just making an assumption about what that train was carrying. Why is all of this happening back to back like this? Is it a bigger plan? Is it just random? Like, what's what's going on? I feel like we need to look look a little bit more into that. But anyway, on to our next topic. All right, up next we have the Black Colorado Ranchers, a.k.a. Farmers, who have been a race target down in Colorado. Okay, so this is the headline. Black Colorado Ranchers arrested after claims they are targets of a racist reign of terror. And then in the subtitle it says the local NAACP says the dispute between neighbors has seriously escalated. Courtney and Nicole Mallory are black ranchers who own 1,000 own a 1,000 acre property they call Freedom Acres, which sits in the predominantly white area of El Paso County, Colorado. 
But they say their lives recently have been anything but home on the range. The farming couple claims they have suffered racial harassment, resulting in their livestock being slaughtered, tools destroyed, surveillance equipment broken, and property vandalized. The Mallorys also allege they have been chased and harassed by unknown white people. While all their details are unclear, the AACP says the NAACP says it appears to be a dispute between neighbors that has been ongoing since 2021 but escalated in March of last year. Portia Prescott, president of the Rocky Mountain NAACP, told the Colorado Public Radio, quote, you don't ever know who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. Unquote. The story would eventually go viral after a January 16th feature in the Ark Republic. That same month, the Mallory started a change.com org petition, which has over 4,000 signatures calling for the removal of an El Paso County Sheriff's deputy, stating, quote, the individual leading this reign of terror and trauma is our own deputy, Emery Ray Garhart, with the rest of our local police force participating in the abuse and following his lead. It's incredibly sad, disheartening, and hurtful that those who have sworn to serve and protect are the very reason my family and I have had our land and our lives threatened. They accuse Gerhardt of being corrupt and racist. The Mallorys have requested an independent investigation into their claims by the Colorado Attorney General. By February 2nd, uh-oh, y'all, here we go again, February 2nd. This is the day before the train derailment. The, <laughs> I'm just making connections, y'all, that's it. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office released a statement denying allegations of racism and adding that they have investigated 19 different complaints filed by and or involving the individuals identified in the articles against members of the Sheriff's Office. They also promised to release body-worn camera video upon request, though the records request through the records request process, which hasn't happened as of yet. According to CBS Colorado, things have taken an even more bizarre turn on February 6, when Courtney Mallory, 41, was arrested on a warrant for felony stalking. The exact details of Mallory's arrest have not been made public, and the El Paso County Sheriff's Office declined to talk to CBS. Y'all pay attention. Pay attention. These people have been getting harassed for two years, not only by their neighbors, but also by the sheriff's department. And all of a sudden, one, the, the, the husband farmer is now being arrested for felony stalking, the same thing that he's accusing these other people of doing, he's arrested for. Interesting. Interesting. And the details of his arrest have not been made public. Interesting. Now, if you're from Milwaukee and you're from Wisconsin, you know we see cat people immediately. And that information is usually on there immediately. Within, within the first day or so. There, there's nothing. There's nothing there for this person. Interesting. Courtney Mallory's bond was set at $6,000, which was posted by the NAACP. He was released the evening of February 7th. The Rocky Mountain NAACP said in a statement, quote, I will really hope that the El Paso County Sheriff's Department and several others in rural areas 
understand that we're taking this very seriously. It needs to be taken a lot more seriously than they have been taking it in the past. I know that's right, AACP. All right, this isn't the first arrest. On November 22nd, Nicole Mallory, which is the wife, was arrested on two charges of felony stalking. What is up with this felony stalking? What is up with this? What is, okay, what does federal... What is federal stalking? Felony stalking. Sorry, y'all. Let me Google that real quick. Federal stalking definition. Because this is blowing my mind. This is literally blowing my mind. Under the U.S. federal law, someone commits the felony of stalking if that person places another person in a reasonable fear of death or serious bodily injury to him or herself, his or her intimate family member or spouse or intimate partner. Hmm. That's the federal definition of stalking. Hmm. Places another person in reasonable fear of death or seriously serious bodily injury to him or himself his or her immediate family member or spouse or intimate partner. Hmm. So I'm assuming they made a threat. And they they took the threat seriously, but not none of the other threats that have been made. Okay, cool. In December, she posted bond, according to court documents. Nicole Mallory said at a recent press conference, quote, we are stalked, we are harassed, we are chased, we are followed. There's been spray paint where they put hard R in hard R. Y'all can put that together on items on our home. She will appear in court February 9th, which has already passed. Um, And then Courtney Mallory's court appearance was actually yesterday, February 14th. Well, yeah. That's... It's like I'm I'm running out of things to say when it comes to racial issues like this because it's we just talking in circles. We just talking in circles. Especially with a situation like this where you're in a predominantly white area, you're also in a predominantly white living situation. And everyone around you including the government and police are also predominantly white and they don't give a damn about your concerns for your safety but apparently when when you give people the taste of their own medicine the law only applies to people with a darker complexion so that's just is is extremely frustrating but we do need to be paying attention to this and we do need to be trying to protect these farmers they have a thousand acres of land And I actually seen a TikTok of Courtney Mallory, which is the husband, where he's showing his cow. His cow died. His cow was poisoned. A lot of his animals, both of their animals, because obviously they're married. A lot of their animals on their property have been getting poisoned and they know they've been getting poisoned because when they find the animals, they're slumped over and they had blood and foam coming out of the mouth, which means Whatever this poison is, is being ingested through the mouth. Okay? 
there's clear signs of poisoning and the sheriff's department is clearly turning a blind eye to it. Do you know how expensive animals are? Like, uh, I mean, given the the stuff in the stores, I ain't talking about the stuff in the stores because that's also expensive too. I'm talking about the actual animal. Like you're raising and feeding these animals and like, that's a lot of money that you losing when you got motherfuckers just poisoning your animals. Like, I can't even imagine. They're, they're not only poisoning their animals, but they're doing so much more than that. They're terrorizing these people. That's just crazy to me. You, you think you moving out of the city would help? No, it's races everywhere, and you cannot avoid them. They're everywhere like the plague. And I just, I don't understand it, and I'm never going to try to wrap my head around why people act like that. But we know what it is, and it's just another thing that we need to be paying attention to, y'all. All right, y'all, for the last topic and segment of this episode is, I mean, all of these have been downers, but this is really sad, y'all. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to the headlines, there was a mass shooting at Michigan State University, um, where a gunman killed three Michigan State University students and left five others in critical condition and may have had plans to target two schools in New Jersey. All right, let's let's just jump right into the article, y'all. So Anthony Durant Anthony Dwayne McRae, 43, who had no known ties to the university open fire Monday evening on two parts of the campus. He was later found dead from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. When McRae was found by the police in Michigan, he had a note in his pocket that indicated a threat to two Ewing public schools, the police department in New Jersey said Tuesday. MSU police confirmed McRae had a note and that those other schools no longer faced a threat. Like many scenes of the carnage at U.S. schools, the daily rampage at Michigan State forced students to jump out of windows and run for their lives. I'm sorry, y'all. This is really sad. Like, this, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine it. <sighs> and then they're describing um, learned students. One of the students was in history class when all of a sudden... She heard gunshots directly behind her. The shooter opened the back classroom door and started firing at her classmates in the back, wounding them. She smelled and saw the gunpowder, and she thought she was going to die. When the gunman stepped out of the classroom, leaving the door wide open, some students bravely smashed a window and helped others jump out of the first floor classroom. There was a boy on the other side of the window catching people who were jumping out the window. He stood there and risked his life to catch people. My feet hit the ground running. I forgot everything I owned because it didn't matter. I was focused on making it out and alive. I jumped out the window and ran fast as I could, said a sophomore student. One of, there were three victims. It was, um, I don't have their names in front of me right now, but one of the victims was Alexandria Verner. Another one was Ariel Anderson. And there was also a guy, a young man who um, was the president of a Greek fraternity. Um, He was also 
killed in this shooting. None of the five victims hospitalized in critical condition have been publicly identified. Um, One of them actually has been. Um, I don't remember the name, but it was a girl student. Um, I, I just can't remember the name, but she, the reason why they know who she is because that her family made a GoFundMe for her medical bills and for her, um, just trying to navigate life after this tragedy. The attack came hours before the five-year anniversary of the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. It is also marked as 67th mass shooting with four or more shot, not including a gunman so far in 2023. There have been 12 school shootings so far this year, and the shooting at Michigan State marks the first at a college or in a university this year. This is crazy, y'all. So obviously, I keep saying I've been seeing a lot of stuff on TikTok, so I'm just going to always revert to TikTok. But I've seen a video of one of the um, Sandy Hook survivors. She made a video pretty much... um, just expressing her point of view of what happened. Um, She said, because she was crouched so small and tiny at the Sandy Hook shooting, that she has a PTSD fracture to her spine in two different areas. So anytime that she's under high stress or anxiety, it triggers those fractures to pretty much act up. So obviously being in another school shooting, and having to crouch in fear for your life activated those PTSD fractures um, as she had to crouch behind a table for three to four hours is what um, she said. I don't remember her name, but um, I I don't think it's necessarily that important to the point. That, I mean, I, I can't even imagine being in one school shooting, but two school shootings, bro. Like, what what are we, at? I mean, I can't say what are we doing because people with sense understand what's at risk. What is our government doing to slow down this process of people shooting up schools? 67 mass shootings so far in 2023 with four or more shot? 67? Has it even been 67 days in this year yet? Like, I really need y'all to think about that. There's 31 days in January, 28 days in February. 67 mass shootings this year alone. Crazy. That is crazy. In another video I seen on TikTok, it was a, another survivor of the Michigan State shooting where the gunman actually entered into the room, the classroom that she was in. And they had these plastic tables. She was in Berkeley Hall, which was one of the places that the gunman did go into. And they had all of these plastic tables and stuff um, securing the door. And the gunman came into the hall And he was yelling out, like, hello, is anyone here? Like, acting as if he was the police because he wanted people who are in hiding to respond so he can obviously come and um, unalive them. And obviously the girl in her classroom, um, 
they didn't make a sound but he did enter the classroom i don't think that uh he killed anybody in that specific classroom i think he took a couple steps in the classroom and then turned around and walked back out but he did enter that classroom and the girl who was telling the story said that when she heard the door or when she heard him talking in the hallway she she texted her parents saying her last goodbyes to her parents because she just knew that she was about to die we should not have to have those conversations bro we should not have to be in these situations bro that's it pisses me off so much because I, it, obviously I don't I don't even have to understand I don't even have to explain why it pisses me off so much we should not be having to deal with this shit bro we should not be having to deal with that like I can't I cannot imagine me being in my class on campus and somebody walking in and just shooting the class up like I just it, that's just unfathomable like you just shooting people in they back they don't it, I don't it's just uh, it's just that's just crazy to me and then there was another video on TikTok which which is also super crazy so the so um there was another classroom I'm not sure where it was located on the property but it was pitch black in the room doors were um closed and you know there was stuff in front of the doors and the student there was somebody knocking on the door and saying hey yo is anybody in there like and the guy gets up and tries to open the fucking door y'all in the class and I'm pretty sure it had to be like over 100 students in his class and it the video is on TikTok but you can just hear like people just cussing this man the hell out like why the fuck would you go try to open the door we they were literally on the phone in, with the police while the person was walking outside the door asking hey yo is anybody in here and the guy who was opening the door I don't know if he thought he was trying to be some hero or what but how many how many days of school did you miss that you don't know what you're supposed to do during a uh active shooter drill this is not no drill what's the first thing they tell you do not open the door for anybody cop or not do not open the door don't get up from where you at they will get to you and he's like well it's obviously a police officer i can see their badge it doesn't matter if the 911 operator is telling you to do not move do not open the door whether you see a cop or not do not open the door what what in your rabbit ass mind would think it would make sense for you of all the hundred kids in this damn classroom to go open a door shit is just very silly and before you ask yes yes he was very much so because only only that kind I, that only that type of person would would just do something so silly in a, in a moment like that like that is just insane just in that's just insanity that's just insanity anyways just recapping what we talked about today we talked about all of these ufos that's been getting shot down over the last couple days these trains derailing with hazardous materials and infecting our soil our airspace and our 
respiratory systems. I mean, it's it's some crazy stuff. There's some crazy chemicals that that got released into the environment. So I would be careful if I was in Ohio. Like I wouldn't even want to be around Ohio. Nothing. Like no. Uh, man, that is just anyways. Then we had the black farmers in in Colorado being sabotaged and having their property vandalized, their animals poisoned. Then we had the super tragedy of the Michigan State University shooting. And it's like I don't I don't know if the shooter is black. I mean, he appears to be brown, but he doesn't look black to me. He looks like he's like I'm not even going to describe him. If you want to if you want to know what he looks like, just Google Anthony McRae. His mugshot will probably pop up. But I don't know. He looked like he got a different ethnicity to him. He just don't look just black as an African-American. He looked like he's something else. But anyway, that's not important. Fuck, bro. Fuck, bro. Because you in. Yeah, fuck, bro. And oh, almost forgot about that. One of the students that were killed, the black student that was killed, which was Ariel Anderson, is the niece of TV star and influencer Delicious. Which, if you watch Flavor of Love, you know who Delicious is. She's from Milwaukee. Her niece was one of those who were slain during the shooting. She was going to be a doctor. She was in college to pursue her PhD. (laughs) This is, man, I just get so frustrated with people playing God. Who are you to be someone's say-all, be-all? Who are you to take somebody's life away? Who are you to be the narrator of somebody else's story? And I'll I'll leave you guys with that. We we just need more compassion. We need more trusted systems. We need more answers. And I ain't got all the answers. I just got some information. And I just really hope that this <laughs> this month, this year, it, it just gets better for us because this is so tiring. It's so tiring. Like, all of this bad news, there got to be some good news coming. And with that being said, thanks for tuning in to the Intersection Podcast. Hopefully I didn't dim your day too much, but I do feel like it, it is important to be informed. And you know, we at the intersection with me and a whole lot of bad headlines. Have a good week, y'all.